Number one. I just sat back in my chair and tugged my shirt down. <laughs> it's a shame you couldn't see that happen. And I didn't even do it as an affectation. I literally sat back and pulled my shirt down. I picture Spark in the uh, chamber. Oh, oh, the ship. Out of danger. Out of danger. You saved the ship, Spark. You saved us all. Don't you remember? When I'm gone, just remember I was most human. <laughs> I guess I, when, he came, when he came back, you really should have said, Jim, that was incredibly racist. <laughs> 2D. The Flat Frontier. These are the voyages of the Pancake Enterprise. It's rotoscoped mission. To repeat the same animation and music. To transcend the limitations of 70s animation. To go boldly where no cartoon has gone before. Toon Trek, based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring Paul Spataro. Also starring Dave Pascarella. With Bill Robinson. And Andrew Leyland as Andy. Production assistants J. David Wheater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to. I have no idea. This is Toon Trek, right? I don't know. This okay. is Toon Trek. Uh, this is Toon Trek number five, which I think it is, ironically enough. Yes, it is. Um, yes, yeah, so well, we're just watching the animated Star Trek, not that new drivel. The old one from the 1970s. And today's episode... The old is dribble. More tribbles. Is the old dribble, yes. We kill the old way. Um, is more tribbles, more tribbles. No, more tribbles, more tribbles. I'll get this right eventually when I've got my teeth in. Written by David. As usual, the crew from Listen to the Prophets are all gathered around to watch this illustrious episode. I am joined by the glomer, Paul Spataro. <laughs> I gotta be the glomer. Yes, you you have to be the glamour. Yes, you're going to sit on tribbles. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, if it just if it just rendered them to pieces and ate them, I, I'd be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. I'm the glamour. <laughs> uh, Cyrano Jones, Dave Pascarella. That's we're going to party like it's 1973. Yeah. <laughs> and my dear Captain Koloff, Bill Robinson. Oh, thank you, Andy. So is this a – so the, we've covered all three of the Star Trek episodes that deal with the Tribbles. I'm not counting that short Trek dribble. So can we call this a Tribilogy? Hey! We can also cover Star Trek three if you want. There are Tribbles in that. Oh, yeah, but they're in the bar. Yeah, they don't count. They were drunk. They we yes. won't we won't hold, hold that against them. You can see a drunk Tribble coming out of a bar. <laughs> Slamming itself against the wall. Do you think no, they're drunk on Quadro Triticale? They're drunk on green. Wait, but I guess we don't have Quadro Triticale. We have Quinto. Quinto. We have Zachary Quinto Triticale, yeah. <laughs> In 1973, we had a green named after him. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Susie Quattro Triticale. <laughs> Zachary Quinto Triticale. <laughs> oh, you got me stumbling in. 
leather Tuscadero appears on the Starship Enterprise on an all-new episode featuring Henry Winkler as the Fonz. As soon as we finish the animated series, we're going on to the Leather Tuscadero podcast. <laughs> was she, ever, she wasn't in Laverne and Shirley as well, was she? I think so. Oh, that's a shame, because that would be cool. I had quite a crush on Susie Quattro, to be honest with you. Didn't everybody? You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Do we have any, do we do news in this one? It's so long since we recorded. I can't remember. News. Let's see. News. Uh... Um. There are, there is no news for this 35, 40 year old television show. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of any. I don't think there's been any major new announcements of new new shows or anything since uh, the last time we recorded. So uh, uh... I think we're good. Captain Pike's filming. Picard season two's filming. I think that's pretty much it. By the, time, Sorry, by the time this airs, they'll have been, they'll have aired and they'll be old <laughs> by episodes. The, by the time we release this, yeah, the entire show will be out. <laughs> oh dear! All right, okay. Should I should I synopsis this? So we you know, can it could get be by the it. time this airs, it'll be news again because they'll be doing the next season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've just farted, fil- farted. Whoa! They've just started filming the third season of Picard. Just cover our backs. There you go, Dave. Right, edit it accordingly. Yeah. As we mentioned, uh, this is More Tribbles, More Tribbles, which, of course, is a sequel to the second season live action episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, both written by David Jarrett. While the Federation starship USS Enterprise escorts two robot cargo ships <laughs> carrying Zachary... Wait, 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 wait. So Charlie. could you what? say that David Gerald has a one-trick Tribble? Whoa! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes. Based upon the plots of this episode, yeah, yeah, you could okay. say that. Sorry. While the Federation starship, the USS Enterprise, escorts two robot cargo ships carrying Zachary Quinto Triticale, a new seed grain to famine-stricken Sherman's planet, it encounters a Klingon battlecruiser commanded by my dear Captain Koloth, firing on a Federation scout ship. The Enterprise beams the pilot aboard. The Klingons use a new energy weapon which incapacitates the starship, and they demand they hand over the pilot. This is the shittiest synopsis ever written. First Officer Spock hypothesizes that such a powerful weapon must require all the Klingon ship's energy, which is really, really dumb. And Lieutenant Hora notices that the two cargo ships have not been disabled, so the weapon doesn't even work. Captain Kirk has the cargo ship set, of course, to ram into the Klingon ship. Ramming speed! With their energy expended, the Klingon ship is forced to flee. How does it do that with its energy expended? But damages one of the cargo ships. Since the Enterprise cargo holds lacks sufficient space, the crew must dangerously load the ship's desk with desk decks with the grain. The pilot is Serrano Jones, an interstellar trader well known to Kirk and crew from that one episode one time. He got out of his task of cleaning up the Tribbles on Space Station K7 using a glomer, which preys on Tribbles. Why it's not illegal to transport a glomer, which is actually an evil creature in many ways, and not Tribbles is never adequately explained. Jones is now selling safe Tribbles, safe space Tribbles, genetically engineered (laughs) to be sterile. Klingons attack again, disabling the engines of the remaining cargo ship and bathing the Enterprise in a radiation which rapidly increases the growth of the triples aboard and gives everybody else space cancer. Wait, Kirk what? Still refused. <laughs> that Did that? I miss that the episode? Well, well, they all got space cancer, yeah? No. Yeah, <laughs> That's not why the triples grew. 
That's anyway. what it, I am. I am reading what it okay. says. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. It's All exceptionally right. well written and award nominated synopsis. I have a thing about the planet, but I'll wait till the end of the synopsis so we can get through this. Sherman Howard's planet. No. Well, <laughs> I was going to say Sherman Howard. Should I, should I finish this? Kirk still refuses to hand over Cyrano Jones, despite the fact that he's a massive pain in the ass, ostensibly because he's a Federation citizen, but actually because he suspects the Klingons would not have violated Federation space unless Jones were of great value to them. The Klingons again use their new weapon. Kirk responds by having the Tribbles beamed over to their ship again. Once again, we see there is nothing that Cyrano Jones cannot possess that Captain Kirk cannot take away. Now at a disadvantage, Colas admits that Klingon planets have been overrun by Tribbles sold by Jones. The Glomo, which was created by the Klingons via genetic engineering and stolen by Jones, is their only hope of controlling them. Kirk returns it, but the huge Tribbles scare it away. Colas orders his first officer to shoot the large Tribble, only to inadvertently free the smaller ones inside. Chief Medical Officer Dr. McCoy, having discovered in advance, do you think they'd have mentioned this in the synopsis earlier, but apparently not, that the large Tribbles are actually Tribble colonies. And he injects the remaining Tribbles on the Enterprise with a serum to slow down the metabolic rate. The end. Next adventure. It's a giant Tribble pinata. It is, yeah. You smash it. Lots of little Tribbles fall out. Everywhere. All I gotta say is Sherman's planet, you know, you get what you deserve when your planet's named after a cartoon dog. <laughs> or a man who played Lex Luthor. Yeah. Love Sherman. Uh, I, I, you know, I actually quite enjoyed this one. It's derivative of the yeah. Tribble with Tribbles. Um, and some of the, the witty wordplay doesn't work as well in animation where Shat was clearly just phoning it in. Literally, yeah. but if you if you look at the dialogue on the page or read Alan Dean Foster's novel, it's actually quite funny. And if the whole point of a sequel is to just conjure up images in the original what's not being as good, then this does the job. Um, Kirk pushing the big fat tribble off his chair was quite <laughs> funny, although the animation doesn't sync with Shatner's dialogue in that scene because it sounds like he's acting, pushing it off, and yet in the animation he just shoves it off with no problem. Yeah, and there's. No, and it's it's fine. It's nice to see my dear Captain Coleth again, even though the voice acting is oh. nowhere near as good as if it was William Campbell. Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's, oh, Captain Kudos Kirk, you're here. Adams back though was Cyrano Jones. So points for that. Actually, getting another actor back like they did with Mark Leonard. But overall, you know, it's fine. It's not bad to be fair. I really. Don't get their whole let's let James Doohan do all the all the voices. I just don't he's, get he's, it. He's, he's not, cheap, Paul. He's very, very cheap. But he's not good. It doesn't no. matter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the bottom line, my friend. They don't They all sound the about. same. Huh. Yes they do. What are and you doing here, Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> he can get away with it a little bit with like the odd side character or whatever. But when it's a character as good as Koloth was in the original episode, particularly because of what that actor brought to it, he just comes across as a bit boring in this one. Even Whereas Korax, he, even the secondary Klingon, the, he does them both. And it's like, uh, because that guy's memorable with the whole, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to say that the Enterprise should have been hauled away as garbage. Awesome. And then yeah. we get James Doohan. 
That should be hard away as garbage. It's, it's, it really... Can you do that a little slower? It should be hard away as garbage. No, I said slower. It should be hard away as garbage. Do it so you don't sound quite so much like a squirrel talking. <laughs> I, I just... Talking faster at a different pitch is not... Diff- uh, whatever. You, you're willing to pay to have Cyrano Jones back, the original voice act, you know, the original actor. I mean, could what's what's his name? William Campbell? Yes. yes. Could he have been that expensive that they couldn't go for it? I think it's more a case of he would have been more expensive than the the actual actor's lines is worth. He doesn't really have that many lines. Well, you know what? Let's could let's give him a few. Like, let's give him a few more lines. Let's give Cyrano Jones a few less. Let Scotty do Cyrano, Cyrano Jones, and and uh, and and bring in William Campbell because he's a far more compelling character. But but. But that's the thing, Scotty. Well, what he could do up to so many, and like no, get the same pay. That was why out. they were. All like, I'm doing is swapping them out and saying that you're gonna you're gonna pay for one, uh, you know, one outside actor to come in and, and perform. Pay for William Campbell and not whatever his name is, Cyrano Jones. See, here's what. Although you you probably pay him a buck and he does it. Because I'm a shyster. I would have called up William Campbell and had a recorder hooked up to my phone and lured him into a conversation to make him say the dialogue and then just used him. <laughs> it's voiceover in the in the in the episode. So you remember the Klingon episode? Oh yes, my good Captain Kirk. Got it, got it, got it. Or just edited wrote the script so they could have used his uh his dialogue from the original series. They had the technology back then, didn't they? Or am I thinking They could rebuild him. Make him stronger, yes, exactly. faster. If, if they could make a six million dollar man, oh wait, never mind. I will bet you there was some, something in the contract that prevented them from doing that, because that yeah, that would have made the most sense. Just well, use yeah. lines you've got. Come on, aren't you guys like some type of lawyers? You can't record somebody some from other knowledge. What's wrong with you? I don't know, but you know, I mean, that's that's not going truly to the quality of the episode. That's just going to you know the. The same complaint we've kind of had all along. When, when we look at these episodes, we have complaints about the voice acting, and we have complaints about the animation. And some of the animation complaints are probably unfair because of the fact that it's you know nearly 50 years old. Um, but the voice acting, just some of the choices they made, I don't know. Yeah, it was delightful to hear William Shatner say sabotage quite a few times in this episode. But I think the problem with it, I mean, as a, as a story, as an episode... It was originally pitched as, pitched as a live-action one in the third season. David Gerald pitched it to Freiburger. Freiburger didn't think Star Trek was a comedy, which is ironic given how hilarious some of those third-season episodes are, uh, and rejected it. But when it got picked up for animated, Dorothy Fontana dusted the script off and asked him to rewrite it for the 22 animated format. Now, he says he didn't make that many changes. I've just looked up an interview with him online, and he, he just tightened it up a bit. But given that this episode takes at least four minutes to get started, how padded would the live-action version have been? And that's my main issue with it. It, It's There's a lot of repetitive gags that rely on you being familiar with the Trouble with Tribbles, which I don't think he should have been allowed to do in the animated show, because the animated show is essentially a different show. You've got to be careful when you're doing a sequel to a previous episode that it's... He, uh, for me, he repeats too many of the same beats as were in the original Tribbles, which is not to say I didn't find it enjoyable, but the dialogue, the, the funny interplay between the characters that carries Tribbles 
especially if you're like me who doesn't think Tribbles is a top 10 episode, but it's perfectly fine if you're of a mood. It doesn't work when all the actors are recording their dialogue separately because it needs that ability to be able to bounce off each other that isn't working well in this. And I can see how it would have worked on the page and if they could have been on a set together, but in, in like this, it doesn't really work. Plus, Dr. McCoy's end, Dr. McCoy's end, Dr. McCoy's resolution is far too simple, isn't it? Oh, I can just eject him and everything will be fine. You know, the other thing with that is, how soon did these, not the animated, the regular show, how soon did that go into syndication? Uh, pretty much straight away. I think it went into syndication in the autumn of 69, that it was cancelled in June, wasn't it? I think yeah, so. so. So people would have been, you know, well, the whole thing is, and I, I think it's a fine line they were walking on this, is you're trying to appeal to the crowd that's watching this in syndication and love the original show, but you're airing it at a time where your average viewer is probably about nine years old. So you have to kind of yeah. play to both. And that's, that's, that's what I was like when I saw the glamour. And I was thinking they could do so much better with that, but then, like, every idea I came up with in my head is potentially going to cause nightmares to the children who might be watching this. And I'm sure that, you know, they had to be careful about that. So instead they have this silly thing where, like, he starts to sit on the triple and then they cut away from it because you can't even see that. Uh, yeah, and, and the one thing he did cut from the live-action script was that the glomer was found out that it also ate humanoids. <laughs> so obviously they couldn't what? put that in. They couldn't put that in the animated episode because they didn't want it eating people in a cartoon. People. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was, I was not happy with the, you know, the character model for the Klammer. But like I said, <laughs> the more I thought about it, everything that I came up with in my mind would would be nightmare inducing. So I, I can't really, you know, go with that. Anything where it's like swallowing the triple hole, even. Uh, you know, even if it doesn't have like big, you know, pointy teeth, uh, it's still still going to cause nightmares potentially to children. So I, I think yeah. that that was one where they probably couldn't win if they were going to have that particular uh, plot device in in the show. You know, you mentioned Andy something about like s- certain humor that worked probably when it was written down, but not so much in execution. Uh, I thought that was true when. Uh, you know, I don't remember Spock's exact line, but, you know, they have a pro- proclivity to recreate recre- blah, blah, blah. And then Cyrano Jones, Jones says, yeah, and they breed fast, too. I just, like, I almost thought you could hear, wah, 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 after he said yes. that. Yes. Yeah, and again, you could probably make that work with Leonard Nimoy's reaction to it in live action. But in, in this, it doesn't work. And a lot of Shatner's gags in it don't work simply because he's not got Leonard Nimoy to bounce off. And I think Kirk's out of character in The Trouble with Tribbles anyway. A little bit. I don't disagree. Uh, <laughs> when, when, the, uh, when, the, when the Klingons were chasing Cyrano in his little transport thing, I was thinking, do, do they have stormtroopers shooting those uh, disruptors? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they fired and missed that little ship so many times it was crazy. <clears throat> well, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Wait, for, hold, hold on. No. They wanted the glomer. So why would they destroy the ship? So they were trying to force him to stop. Then why did they blow up the ship? Well, that's because lucky shot. Not good shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lucky shot. Did you, did you see the picture of the glomer? Apparently a glomer is a thing in a game called Don't Starve or something. All right. 
It's that little plush glomer. Then it looks like somebody's hand in Kirk. Uh, I found another picture. Uh, it looks maybe has like some type of. Uh, <clears throat> it looks a little obscene there. That picture. <laughs> Although there's nothing obscene in it. It's you know. Is this the first time we saw the ship design for the bird of prey with the long neck and the the round ball at the head, where it looked no. like a snowball microphone? No. The D nine seven or the D seven? No, no, that was in the original series. Yeah, it's in Day of the Dove, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Or it's in the and one the, with uh, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the lady that her tears. The Enterprise in. Incident. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. The Plus Enterprise the, Incident yeah. is a Romulan episode. Yeah, but the Romulans are now using Klingon design, says Spock, because they couldn't find the Romulan model and couldn't be asked filming new special effects. And the adult, they had the Klingon models that had just been built for whatever Klingon episode they were doing, so they shoes them. Alright. What'd you think of the Klingon weapon? It's not Which very was, smart, what was it, an, is an EMP? It? To have a to have yeah, to have an EMP that requires so much energy that yes you can use it, but then it renders your ship unusable. What's the point of that? What if your enemy's got a fleet? What if she's got a pointed yeah. stick? Yeah, I mean, well, there is a funny line from Uhura in this. Well, we could throw rocks at him, which again would have worked much <laughs> better in our action. Yeah, that would have been that was funny, but I didn't I didn't see the point of a weapon. The whole point of mutual uh, destruction is the other side has the same weapon, well, and they don't. So you're blackmailing each other. That I'll use my weapon and you. I will no, you won't because I've got that weapon. But if her weapon renders them null and void and, and destroys their ship or at least robs it of power, I don't get the point of that. Well, see, I was thinking silly? about that from a tactical perspective. Is they have to be aware? I mean, they have to have. T- tried this out. This isn't the first time they've ever pressed the button to make it go. <laughs> you so, would think, right? So they have to be aware of how much energy it's going to take from their ship. So I would think when you go out with it installed on your ship the first time, your your thoughts are, I'm only going to use this if the other ship has me at such a disadvantage that I'm about to get destroyed, and then I could shut down their power, and they won't be able to destroy me. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, it guess, seems kind of yeah. useless. It seems like something that's a good idea in practice, but they should have left it on the on the drawing board for a while while they figured out the power problem. Well, maybe someone's cousin had the contract with the government. <laughs> yeah, Koloff's cousin had the contract. <laughs> another, another point in this one that I just don't, I found amusing, and and it does it, I think it almost translates to the live action ones too. So that makes it even funnier in my mind. Is you know, Scotty's in the transporter room trying to, you know, get Cyrano Jones, and then they cut to show him. And what he's doing is he's got those two dials, or not dials, but sliding uh, things. And all he's doing is sliding them from the top to the bottom slowly. That's all he's doing. He's like he's Mister Mister Engineering, but that's all he's doing to try and get get Cyrano Jones out of the buffer thing. And I seem to remember in the live action show there was like a point when Kirk did that. He was like, "Wait a minute, let me do this," and he like pushes the person aside, and that's all he does to slide the things down. <laughs> he's it's got like, the touch. Yeah, it's it's like you know, I you know you can have a five year old do that. <laughs> No wonder they lost people in the motion picture. Oh, I'll just slide these down. Oh, my God. Yeah, we almost we, we should have heard, heard Cyrano Jones let out that, that shriek like in the ah. It wasn't your fault, Scotty. It happens all the time. <laughs> I lost him again, laddie, and he puts a check mark on the wall. <laughs> he puts a little hangman on the wall. That's oh, right. I, I got to stop drinking scotch and operating the transporter. 
Uh, Bill, you could do all the voices. <laughs> and better. <sighs> so Spock screws off, screws up with the uh, the Klingons are veering off. Oh, uh, not quite. Oops, my bad. Oops. Sorry, I was playing a game of Pong. Which is what, the, what are they got? So what could they have done? There? What could they have done with the Tribbles? That would have been better because in live action, if they just started becoming these giant things, I, I don't see that working. It almost, you know, it, it almost played in animation better than it would live. Yeah, I think it would have been a little bit too campy in live action, wouldn't it? I, I think so. so but the nice is they could have made a couple of them a different color. <laughs> well, that's because the guy who animated them was colorblind, <laughs> so he didn't know that they were different colored tribbles. Uh. He just made them all pink. By, and they pointed it out to him, but at that point, the animation cells had been dumped, so there's nothing they could do. Eh. Maybe they turn pink as they get the bigger. genetic manipulation. Yeah, there you go. Maybe That's it was from the radiation. Now, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about the episode, and I'm thinking, you know, how could they have done this better? And first of all, I think going back to Sherman's planet with more grain is, is, is too repetitive. Sorry, I... I still it's new and improved grain. Yeah, it's, it's five, it's, it's not Zachary four. Zachary Quinto Triticale, I know. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm such an idiot. Mr. Peabody was the white dog. Sherman was his he was his boy Sherman. Sherman yeah, Sorry. Sherman was the boy. I totally screwed that joke up. You I do, apologize for my bad joke earlier in the program. I apologize you for mean, laughing at it. You you do realize you truck tribbles east of Sherman Planet. It's bootlegging. <laughs> but now, now, since you're doing it on an animated series... And your, your your special effects budget is slightly higher. I mean, I know that they they reused animation cells, so they clearly weren't going to do a lot. But wouldn't wouldn't this have been better if somehow like they went to the Klingon homeworld and it was being overrun with Tribbles or something like that? If you could do mm-hmm. a sequel to Tribbles, I have instead of going back point. to Sherman's planet with with Grain again. Well, they could have like cut to a like a scene of the homeworld or something, and there's just Klingons and. Running from, you know, just ah, and triples all over. Almost like have a scene from like the movie The Birds, only have triples instead. <laughs> Here's my question: Cyrano Jones was selling triples on a Klingon planet, correct? Yeah. Who the hell was buying these triples on a Klingon planet? I don't think I want to buy this thing buying, that hates us. Okay. <laughs> I think he was buying. Excuse me. He was selling Klingons. Uh, Klingons on a trouble planet. No, he was. He was he selling triples on a Klingon-controlled planet. Uh. So there may have been humans or other humanoids that would be attracted to triples. Then when the Klingon overseers come back, what the f is that? <clears throat> and then they get on the ship and blah blah blah, mass hysteria, yada yada yada. You think he was selling them out of the trunk of a car? Exactly, yes. And he asked, Oh, my man. <laughs> he opens up his coat. Yo, triple right here. Got Who needs triple. triples? Who needs triples? I got I got blue ones, I got pink ones. Who needs triples? I got pink. All I got is pink. I'm all out of all the other ones. And it was a little hurtful to keep referring to the triples of, as fat. Hey, hey. Right? Why Isn't that body don't shaming? Be, don't be fat shaming the triples. I'd be a beautiful triple. You'd be an excellent triple. Yes, I would. Well, when you then had they, be- when you had your beard, you kind of were triple like. <laughs> now I'm a white triple. When I have a beard, it's all. Although I am different colors, you know, white and gray, dark. Sounds like a bad poem. White when gray, I was a triple, dark triple, you could do that in the a coffee triple, house. The triple meandered slowly as it. Well, never mind. I don't know where I'm going with that. 
yet, yet another voice in my repertoire. Take that, James Doohan, even though I know you're not with us anymore. Sorry. I wonder what triples taste like, because they could have chicken. They could have solved the food problem on Sherman's planet. That's right. Eat the triples. Well, that was the uh, God. I don't want to talk about that Discovery short trek, but that was one of the things that the, they wanted to do. That the guy that created the triples, whatever, whatever genetically manipulated them, wanted that was going to use them as a food source. Which you know. Uh-huh. That's, that, that's actually not a bad idea. If they breed that oh. rapidly and you've got a planet of famine, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, introducing triples is not a bad idea. Are they edible? Yeah. Anything's edible. Just ask a glamour. Yeah, exactly. As long as you've got some good sauces, it'll be fine. Well, people eat guinea pigs in Peru. I told you that horrible story with my kids, right? No. You told us a horrible story about your kids. I've had to have told that story about the guinea pig and... All right, so... Hold on, hold on. Had, Ladies and gentlemen, this is real life with Dr. Robbins. So, we had a guinea pig named Rocky, and um, we'd had a guinea pig for a few weeks, and I was flipping through the dial, and I come upon a show where a guy is discussing, he's talking about guinea pigs, and they're in Peru, blah, 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 and um, I was like, hey, kids, come in here quick, there's a show about guinea pigs, and the kids were like probably six, eight, maybe 11 and they all come in behind me and just as they come in the guy on this thing says and and guinea pigs are a great staple in the diet and I'm like wait what (laughs) 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 and they show a guinea pig on a block and the chop it's like you know the head comes off puts it on a spit and the skin is peeled off and next you see a guinea pig roasting on a fire and the kids are all standing there Mouths on the floor, faces again. You know, mouths wide open, and what? And what, I don't remember which one, but what one of them says, "What did they do to Rocky?" And my wife had walked it too, and she just shakes her head and looks at me and goes, "Nice." <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I didn't know what what I was watching was uh, like. It was, I could just, I could just see you be like Harrison Ford. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm picturing more like John Belushi in uh, Blues Brothers. <laughs> it was locusts. I didn't know I was watching something Zimmerman with you know wor- strange foods or world. Tra- it's the guy, the bald-headed guy that goes all over the world and tries yeah, different Zimmerman. Zimmerman. I didn't realize that's what I was watching. Yeah. In Peru, Rocky Kids gets to be a Big Mac before everything else. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So yeah, that was you know, that was that was my entry for Dad of the Year. <laughs> nice. uh, we all we all have some of those. Uh, yeah, but I bet they remember it fondly. Well, they do. Uh, there you go. It's sometimes brought up. Yeah, I remember when you made us watch somebody kill a guinea pig on TV. No, I didn't make you watch. It. I, I didn't make you watch it. The social services are stood there. I, I only regret not DVRing it. <laughs> I have a science question, which we may have to refer to Blaine. The in space, there's no gravity, right? Space, no one can hear a triple scream. Oh, That's true, but there's no gravity, correct? Well, it depends so on how close you are to some sort of a large space body, does it not? 
Well, it looked like they were in the middle of outer space. Right. There was either no gravity or minimal gravity, I guess. So then, until you get pretty much to Sherman's planet, what the hell's the difference how much grain you have stuck on the ship? Ah, but there's artificial gravity on the ship, so it would have uh, mass and therefore affect the operation, I would imagine, at the ship. But you would think it would be negligible based on a starship and, well, I mean, I guess if you had a couple tons of it, so... That's as close as I could come to sounding like Blaine, so... You did very well. It sounded good. I just sort of my way right for a second. Wait, let me... Look. A. Oh, there we go. Now I'm Blaine. I had to do... Well, I believe by the time this episode airs, Blaine will be a new father. Congratulations, Blaine. Whatever you do, don't get a guinea pig and watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from Zimmerman. (laughs) Well, actually, by the time this episode airs, Blaine might have several children. (laughs) You never know. We take a while. Maybe Blaine's a triple. Very possibly. <laughs> so, so this show you were watching was about glommers. Yeah. Don't call the Peruvian people that. They didn't have a glommer of hope. Oh, Which brings me to my next note. That I think it, I think it might have been when they give the and they breed fast two line. Uh, the soundtrack in this actually had the silly music for you know to emphasize that they made a silly joke. <laughs> Which that surprised kind of music- me a little bit. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it went, but I just, I just thought, oh, that that seems you know different than what we've heard before. Almost the animated version of do 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 do. So. And once again, we're proved shown that the Organian Peace Treaty isn't quite worth anything. Yeah, not worth the triple it's written on. Do you sign my triple? Sorry, I only have a pink pen. What? You use a triple for a basketball. Hey, 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 it's triple time. <laughs> it's fat triple. <laughs> hey, 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 it's fat triple. Uh, meanwhile, Which was in probably prison. on, I think, at about the same time this was. Yes, yes, it was. Hey, where's he, where is he today? Oh, wait, prison. Never mind. Hey, 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 it's Drug Tribble. Oh. <laughs> With the Tribble and the, the Jello and the Pudding Pop. And the, 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 the. All right. I like the design of the robot ships. I thought they looked kind of cool. Yes. Fit, fit in. Even though they just stuck some nacelles on them, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Very nice ships. Very nice. Yeah, it's nice to see some new animated stuff in it, to be fair, because all the other stuff's just been rotoscoped, hasn't it? Yeah, because if you're like, uh, if you were a kid watching this, uh, you'd be like, ooh, a new spaceship, ooh, Starfleet cargo drone. Is this the only place they've ever been? I don't really think I've ever seen them anywhere else. Did they not make toys of them? Oh, I'm sure there's probably something somebody's made somewhere. Because mm. normally that's the reason they have new ships in these things, so they can make merchandise out of them. Yeah, but I don't think they probably had a big merchandise. Well, I mean, I don't think they had reason to produce other ships for merchandising reasons at this point. Right. Well, well, uh, is this not when the Mego dolls were out, though, when the animated series was on the air? Hmm. I think you you may be... Uh, it overlapped. I do believe you're correct. Because it seems like the Mego dolls look more like the animated show than they look like the live-action ones. Well... Just the same. I don't think they would have sold too many of these cargo ships. 
Um, I think we're at a point where we're ready to rate this one because the conversation seems to be going a little slower now. Actually, one second. Uh, I give two right, seconds Columbo. to you and your and your <laughs> There is uh, there's an image here on memory alpha of the cargo ship, but it's it doesn't look like a cartoon version. I'm just trying. to... I can see uh, Eagle Moss. Who does ship replicas mm. now? I could see them doing, you know, reaching back and doing it, uh, but I can't imagine that in the 1970s they had toy ships of these available. I would think they'd be happy to sell, you know, obviously the Enterprise and maybe maybe a bird of prey, but I think that's about it. You know what it looks like? It looks like it's when they um, jazzed up the original series. You know, they added stuff into it for uh, a blue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks like they used that for the model for the Antares in Charlie X. It's mm. almost the same. Oh yeah, there's a note down here. It says, "Yeah, the design served as inspiration for the Antares later in the remastered series." Did you know that David Gerald made a cameo in this? Yes, I, he's the guy stood at the transporter, the really skinny guy that walked by. I, yeah. you know, I I saw that guy go by and I thought, man, would it Steve Rogers join Starfleet? <laughs> but but then he was gone. Wasn't it, he uh, one of the guys in the motion picture? Wasn't didn't he have a cameo there? Yes, he's in the briefing room in the motion picture, and he's in the Deep Space Nine Tribbles episode as well. It's got quite the IMDb page. What of cameos in episodes of Star Trek? Hey, I take Whatever it. Pays the bills. Even if I had to be, you know, if they bring this, you know, one to life, and I got to play the fat, big giant, fat Tribble. I'm out. Sign me up. That seems fair enough. Okay. How many tribbles are we giving this one? You could give it one. It's just a question of how many are inside of it. <laughs> I give you one big fat tribble. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Count. I am the Count. <laughs> a fat tribble, the gift that just keeps on giving. Yeah, imagine how much money you can make out of that selling it to the neighborhood kids. Awesome. You you are, uh, this is your episode, Count Leyland. Oh, uh, I give it three, three normal-sized dribbles. Yeah, it was fine, it was fun, it was all right, it was good. I did enjoy it while I was watching it. 3.0. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same. I think uh, I think they came out with, you know, basically an average episode, which is a three. Uh, actually, 2.5 is a three. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go down, dropping down to 2.5. I'm going to say it's average. <laughs> I'm going to downgrade this one. <laughs> I'm going to go 2.5, and I'm going to say it's it's average, and that in and of itself is a disappointment, because when you're going to do an episode that's a direct callback to an original series episode, I look for it to be a little bit more compelling and a little bit more just enjoyable overall. Uh, so, I, I mean, I did find this to be disappointing. It's disappointing because of my expectations, not because of what they put on the screen. So I'm going to say average 2.5. I uh, I agree with Andy. I went with three. Three pregnant tribbles. I agree with um, Andy. Andy, 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 clear is up. <clears throat> At your age, you know. Um, it got past the watch test. Some yeah. of uh, some of these, you know, I, I find myself, while well, I enjoy it, I'm looking at my watch to see how, how much is left. Uh, this had very few looks at my watch, so I gave it a three. And I really enjoyed the look of the robot ships. Well, I fell asleep during this episode, but that may have been more on me than the episode, but 
part of it may have been on the episode too. So I am going to have to give it an average, which would be 2.5 uh, tribbles, which it's pretty bad if we've got half a tribble. Ugh. Well, it could be one of them little tiny tribbles. You know, you've got the regular size tribble, then you had the tiny ones like Uhura was playing with on the uh, on the original. Well, okay, the dog just walked through the door. Hello, dog. Through the door. So, <laughs> yeah, which was the intangible. <laughs> yes, vision. Yes, although he has poor vision. Hey, puppy, what's up? Yeah, I see you. So, uh, yeah, 2.5 uh, 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 Richard Gere uh, tribbles. <laughs> okay, so that's what we thought of the episode. What do you think Blaine thought? Incoming transmission. Hi, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time Star Trek produced an episode that was a direct sequel to another. Not in the sense of a two-parter, since we already had the menagerie to make economical use of the footage from the cage, but in the sense that an episode was complete, finished, out the door, and then the producers decided to return to the concept and characters. Here we have the original Cyrano Jones voice actor, the original writer David Gerald, and some original color choices, as the colorblind Hal Sutherland couldn't distinguish between pink and a shade of grey. It's easy to write off these tribbles looking pink instead of the previous variety of browns simply by claiming that it's a side effect of the genetic engineering that rendered them sterile. We can also claim that the Klingons just issued new uniforms, and their species exhibits none of the completely nonsensical stereotypes about blue for boys, pink for girls that is a direct result of 1950s marketing drives. Instead of the original Koloth, we have James Doohan yet again. Still, for all of its changes, it does feel like a concept worthy of Star Trek. That only makes sense, because it was first pitched by Gerald to be a Season 3 episode, but Fred Freiberger refused to put it into production, disliking the comedy of the original. The only part that really stands out, showing how much time has truly elapsed between the shows, was the change in pronunciation of the last A sound in the name of the wheat. The connection between the original Quato Triticale and the new Quinto Triticale would have been more clear had they remained consistent, but I suspect that's a directorial problem, since the cast recorded this one together, and the pronunciation was consistent across the entire cast. Bottom line, a worthy concept, but the shift to animated format drove the humor in a slightly more juvenile direction. They also reduced the intended runtime to the half-hour format by removing the plot line in which the Glomers started eating human crew members along with the Tribbles, which would have been more challenging in a Saturday morning cartoon. While this series never aimed exclusively at the child audience, you can see that they are always aware that children would be watching. Uh, yeah, you know, as far as the direct sequel, I mean, I guess we kind of have uh, the two mud episodes. Yeah. And Cyrano Jones was actually supposed to be mud, wasn't he? But Roger C. Carmel wasn't available? Yes, I believe that's right, yeah. But uh, you, uh, can you argue that they're just another episode with Harry Mudd in and not a direct sequel? Well, you could argue this is just another episode with uh, Tribbles in it. <laughs> I think I think there's too many callbacks to the Tribble with Tribbles for this to stand on its own. Whereas I think I Mud stands independent of Mud's women. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just you know. No, it's 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 a good point, and and you you could argue that it is not a sequel. So you could argue this is the first sequel, and you could also argue it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I, no, I don't think either one of you would be wrong in whatever stance you took there. I think you can argue both ways and both be right. And every episode is a sequel to the previous episode because they're all Star Trek. (laughs) 
<clears throat> Just saying. All right, so that's it for more Tribbles, more Troubles. What are we looking at next time? What is the next episode? Because they're in a different order on Netflix. Uh, I believe it's The Survivor. Okay. It is. Right. Yes, it is. Next time, our all-new episode of Toon Trek. The Starship Enterprise voyages to a house where Worf likes the tea, but they view the Husnock, and what they discover terrifies them. It's the Survivor... Oh, wait, what? <laughs> okay, it's it's not that the Survivor... It's a different the Survivor... Oh, okay. Next time, our all-new episode of Toon Trek. The Survivors, apparently. Wait, Survivor? Spock! Spock, Spock, Spock! Spock, Spock, Spock. Spock, Spock, Spock. <laughs> uh, they're going to vote you off the island. All right. Rising up, back see, on the street. See you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Distance, he's back on... Uh, I'll, I'll work on that next time. We'll look forward. Yeah, work on the lyrics for that. Man. I have the Spock. <laughs> Trek is based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry, and is a Two True Freaks presentation. It's hosted by Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella, Bill Robinson, and produced and guest hosted on occasion by J. David Wheaton. All music and clips are copyright their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This is a review show and as such protected under fair use. Yeah, let's go with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toon Trek. And the glomer et one. But the camera cut away, so you didn't. That I saw. See that will be murdered on camera. Uh, well, either he was doing that or some type of anal thing with it. I don't. Know. <laughs>